This podcast is brought to you by Modest Coffee, single origin coffee without the snobbery. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what coffees they're roasting today. Cheers! Welcome to No Bad Reviews, colon, a coffee podcast. This is a podcast where three coffee industry professionals who are friends and co-workers get together and try a usually questionable coffee and commit to giving it no bad reviews. And we'll also learn a little bit of interesting history while we're at it. Although today's coffee is not a questionable coffee, but we'll tell you about that later. I'm super excited about today's coffee. I know. Uh, today's a Marcus episode, so I'm excited. But I like first... to bill this as the coffee nerd episode. Yay! <laughs> if it's Marcus, it's likely going to be a coffee nerd episode, unless me and Steph convince him to do something strange, but you're good for coffee nerd stuff. That's what but I'm here for. First, I'm Jenny. And I run all of the operations at a coffee company. I'm Marcus, the Good Food Award winning lead coffee roaster and green coffee buyer for Modest Coffee, purveyor of fine coffee and coffee related products. And I'm Stephanie, and I'm the employee of the month at Modest Coffee for 36 months, you guys. 36! 36! God damn! So I will require you to call me Colonel moving forward. <laughs> as we it. agreed mm-hmm. on a previous episode. Thank All you. right. We ordered your parking sign. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. In anticipation that you would win this month. <laughs> but we've already decided that Teresa gets the next month's honor because she is being... Such an MVP. She's a month. real go-getter this month. She's really trying to show me up. I think that's fine. <laughs> I can give it up for a month. You know what? I'm all right with the competition. Let's see. You guys can just keep anting, upping the ante between each other. I don't know. I saw Steph like fill a portion of our warehouse with empty boxes that she was pr- producing. Yeah. Like a animal. She you know just, what, like, though? Head down. Just, that tape gun was going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's pitching in right now in anticipation of a large order that should be coming soon it's very exciting it is yeah but yeah. teresa's asking for extra hours just to work and go well, ahead if that's the requirement i guess this is my last employee of the month <laughs> and i will appreciate it well i appreciate both of you we appreciate working there Good. it's a total love fest yeah Aww. Aww. anyways i, I love early. a marcus episode i'm really excited to get this going. i'm really excited too um i don't think we have any clarifications Right? I don't yeah. have anything, no. Yeah. Nobody uh, from Alabama has complained to me about our last episode. Not yet. Not yet. Maybe next episode. Maybe. I guess just... Is it bis- time to make the bacon? Um, yeah, I guess we'll just quickly make the bacon. Um, <laughs> uh, Patreon, if you want to support us and listen to our bonus episodes um, called Love It or Leave It, that's on patreon.com slash pod. Also, we have um, uh, an account now with Buy Me a Coffee. Uh, that's buymeacoffee.com slash no bad reviews pod. Um, and you can also buy merch, really cool no bad reviews merch on our website. Oh, yeah. I know I had talked about how nice um, the polyester material is when it's cold and muggy. When it's hot and muggy, we have some new drip for you 
That's the gray cotton. Yeah, we've got gray cotton t-shirts. T-shirts, yeah. so super breathable and quite stylish, might I add. Perfect for summer. I should see if we can get some tank tops. Yeah. Ooh, hell yeah. yeah. Right? Some cute little crop tops. Right? Tank tops. Male thongs. Hell yes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> hell yes. Call them banana hammocks. No <laughs> bad reviews. <laughs> Ooh, what? <laughs> <laughs> all right you heard it here first i'm gonna look into no bad reviews banana hammocks i will model the shit out of them if we get them oh man i cannot record this podcast with you wearing just a banana hammock all fucking summer i can't do it <laughs> oh man uh, well you had to turn off the air conditioner so i might have no choice but to wear no bad reviews uh, what if we just got him a cod piece that he could wear over his jeans? But then that'd be hot. <sighs> we'll call it grape smuggler. <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> so, nerd episode. Nerd episode. So, yeah, wait, I guess we can just get right into it. We're going to get right into it, Jen. I got real fucking sick of, like, shitty coffee. <laughs> um <laughs> And so you know, I was like, that's it. Can we just please do a good coffee? <laughs> well, this one's really great. We picked it up when we were in Portland, and I know we mentioned it when we first got back. Yeah. And we had to try it quickly before it got too old. Mm-hmm. That's important. But. So we're trying something new for once, right? Like we wanted to try something like legitimately that I'm excited to try. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you tell us what the company is? Coffee by a company called Kova. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you can't get the name of this company right. You've been because it's spelled like Kuova, like C O A V A. Kuava. It's Quava? it's spelled like mm. Koava, but yeah. you keep calling Ko. Uva or yeah, something. Kuova. Kuova, but there's zero there's, use there's in no there. There's no use in there. Did yeah. you call them and hear how they answered the phone and then hang up right yeah, away? Yeah, that's, like exactly that's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I did. I didn't actually talk to anybody. I just waited for them to answer and say, hi, you've reached Kova Coffee. And then I hung up. That's cool. <laughs> Got my answer. So Kova. Kova. This is the pronunciation Kova, even though it's spelled c-o-a-v-a yes and but i could see that like coat like c-o-a co-va yeah it's a spanish word um and it means green coffee really i'm surprised by that because i would have thought like green coffee would be like verde cafe Cafe. or cafe verde maybe it's just what they call the seeds like coffee seeds or oh yeah you're right you're right you're right Yeah. yeah you're right yeah so um and the idea and the story behind that is the founder, Matt Higgins, decided that from the very onset, very start of their company, they wanted to focus on making high-end specialty coffee. And so the idea... How long ago did they start? In 2008. And they're still owned by Matt. And his whole concept was he wanted to find the best green coffee that he could find so that he can make the best brown coffee. Those are my words. <laughs> so improve the inputs to improve the outputs. And that's kind of, that's our philosophy too. So it's going to check a, a bunch of like coffee nerd boxes of like sourcing and traceability and things that we have not been able to talk about on this podcast <laughs> for like yet, right? For like 16 episodes or whatever this is. So we think it's from Brazil. <laughs> Is normally the... <laughs> right. I mean, traceability is not a thing for any single coffee that we've tried so right. far. So, except for have, Blue Mountain. Except for Blue Mountain. Your last episode. Right. Which was 
which was fun too. So Matt graduated in 2003 from University of Oregon with a degree in business and German was his major. Oh, interesting. Flew to Germany as a translator. They got a job right out of college. He got a job at an eco-friendly agriculture company and he hated it. (laughs) He thought about what he loved to do. And when he was in high school, he was a barista. And in college, throughout college, he was a barista. And he just loved coffee. Like with a capital L, loved coffee. So he flew back from Germany uh, in that same first year to pursue his dream career in coffee. So what does he do? He goes and he seeks out a small cafe. He's got an idea in his mind. He wants to work at a cafe that also roasts coffee. Mm, Okay. So he gets a job at the Pacific Bay Coffee Company as a barista, where he eventually apprenticed and becomes their lead coffee roaster. Hmm, cool. So that was Matt's like first exposure. He just loved coffee, mm-hmm. like all, all aspects of it. And then he fell in love with roasting and would come in on his days off to the Pacific Bay Coffee Company and just stand next to the roaster as he was roasting. Eventually, they hired him as an apprentice roaster and then eventually he came, became their like lead roaster. So he loved it so much. That's an employee of the month right there. Yeah, seriously. Uh-huh. Um, I want to know what his pay cut was when he quit his job in Germany and came back to be a barista. I know. That's a good question. We were just discussing how little people make in the coffee industry. Mm-hmm. He probably gave up, I mean, especially being an international businessman. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anything about money or business, but... In my mind, those people make a lot of money. Yeah. You know, maybe it was an entry-level job. Maybe the taxes were really, really high in Mm. Germany. And so maybe he didn't really feel the pinch too much. Yeah, maybe. Well, good for him. He he gave up his social safety net to come back to America and work for minimum wage Mm. as a barista. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, though, in Europe, this sounds like a very European thing to do because I know people just, like, go to school for something important and then quit and go do coffee or whatever (laughs) because they can. Yeah. But he kind of did that in America, where you, you're going to have a hard time making it. Yeah. It required him to go to Europe first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then be like, you know, what do I really love? And then fly back. I love mm. being like, I love being poor but happy. And who doesn't, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> We're about to find out pretty soon. <laughs> so 2012, when he gave this interview, he had 13 years of experience in the coffee business. He had never bought green coffee mm. before. And then he started... Kova in 2008, 2009, and that's when he started buying green coffee. So basically, that's what his first experience buying coffee was when he started Kova. He is heavily involved in the specialty coffee industry. Back during this interview in 2012, when he'd only been in business for three years, he had been a regional judge six times in huh. coffee competitions, a wow. national judge. Um, is he like a Q grader or something? I don't know if he is now, but... Can you take a minute to explain for those of us who don't know about this kind of stuff? Q grading is a standardized way of grading coffee. The Specialty Coffee Association has a score chart and a lot of it is subjective. So you might rank something in 84 on a cupping scale and Jenny might rank something in 83 on a cupping scale and somebody else might rank it in 85 on a cupping scale and they're all technically correct, but who's the right one? Mm. And the Q grading system was introduced to eliminate those variables between the people. Ideally, Everybody is going to agree that this is an 84, this is an 85, et cetera. Okay. And it's all on a 100-point scale. So, like, any time you get in the mid to high 80s is, like, when it starts to get, like, exceptional. Okay. Anything in the 90s is, like, 
some of the highest cupped and quality coffees out there. So really, yeah, that's what Q grading is, is ideally to standardize palates across the country. Right. And, and they're grading roasted coffee. Yeah. It says the Q grader program was first launched in 2004 and it's a six full days of intense training at an SCA certified laboratory. So it's been around for almost 20 years. Yeah. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm. When are you going to become a Q grader? I don't know. It's on the list. We've talked about it. We have yeah. talked about it. Right. It's mostly for like people trying to grade like lots of coffee and look for defects and, you know, importers and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't know if I need that. It's fun for, for like a palate exercise and training and stuff like that mm-hmm. from people that I know that have received one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, unless you're trying to get a job at like a big coffee company. Mm-hmm. It's not always you know, worth the expense because it's, it's a, a, it's, there's stuff, it's kind of an expensive training program. I think it costs a few thousand dollars. Yeah. in six days. Like, it's like, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. It's like becoming a wine sommelier. Mm. Cool. So, anyway, so that thank was... Thank you for explaining that. Yeah, it's all good. A little sidetrack. Yeah, a little sidey, sidey track there. And he cares, as far as I can tell, this guy Matt, cares about the coffee industry, the service industry. We were in Portland and like everything is like very service driven in Portland. And he was talking about how it's like a community, like the service community. And that's kind of where he comes from. So let me tell you guys, I actually went into Cova uh, when we were in Portland and had a chat with a bunch of the baristas behind the counter. really excited to learn that our first Airbnb was just a couple blocks away. And Ah. so he like immediately, as soon as they opened on our very first morning there, (laughs) was like, like walked off to the Cova. Yeah. I was like not like we are in portland we are going to get some good coffee and i was not disappointed at all it was like three blocks away and um i got an ethiopian coffee that i think we talked about on the podcast it was like life changing it was so good so delicious and then i got a kind of mediocre washed coffee from ethiopia too that was not as good but still like Really, really good coffee. And then the service there was great too, right? A lot of times when you go into a coffee shop and they're just kind of snobby and aloof, but you said that I didn't go in there with you. You said they were really nice. Yeah. And their website, they actually talked about that of like, we really want to make it an enjoyable and welcoming experience and how like relationships matter. So the people behind the counter were like just very nice people and made a really good cup of coffee like perfectly executed cup of coffee and they didn't have any drip machines in there right everything was pour over i got a chemex yeah Mm -hmm. awesome which is a little bit of a of a teaser for what's to come today because i got a chemex i wanted to also bring that back here and we're brewing a chemex so for those of you that don't know again this is the coffee nerd episode we're going to brew this a manual pour over using one of my favorite brew methods the chemex and we're going to learn a little bit about the chemex too awesome yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I'm excited. So as a company, Kova says that their green coffee buyers, they visit their coffee farmers at least once a year. Kova participates in a lot of those international cupping events. And maybe that's when they're going to go visit the farmers once per year. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but that's what they claim that's on their interesting. website. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's a it's not that hard nor expensive to go do it, Jenny. Mm-hmm. Where internationally are we going? Honduras. Mm. is uh, where we're going to be internationally tasting this coffee today. Mm. It's coffee from near the border of Guatemala. Mm. Okay. Now, there's a cycle of like sustainability and delicious coffee that kind of go hand in hand. And that's why people are like really into single origin coffee. That's why we're into it. That's why they're into it. And we get a lot of great farm detail from, from Kova. So this coffee that we're trying, it's a collective of 12 different coffee growing communities. It exists 
solely to help improve the lives of the farmers in these kind of rural parts of Honduras. That's one thing that I really love about single origin coffee is that um, you see this a lot with these really small communities and how I, how I picture it is, you know, you just have a bunch of people who own like an acre or two of land and then they grow coffee on their land and everybody, them and all their neighbors band together to do the processing and get the exporting. And then that money comes back to their community. And a lot of times um, the processors will take profits and then reinvest it back into the community. So they're building hospitals, they're building schools, they're uh, building like enrichment programs for people's lives. Uh, So it's really cool that, you know, this happens to improve their lives. They have helped impact the lives of at least 5,000 people in this area that rely on the premiums that they charge for being a part of this like cooperative. I think it's really cool how these communities are supporting themselves and using specialty coffee to improve their lives. This is really cool. Are the are the farms really that small? Are people really farming on like an acre? Or Some two? are, yeah. Yeah, I think I think a hectare is like it's, it's two point yeah, four two. acres. So wow. yeah, somebody might have like two and a half acres of land or some, I mean, some people might have like five, but it could be really small plots of land. Little micro farms. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I looked into this coffee in particular. This was a variety separation. And a lot of times what happens is like all of them are growing coffee and all the coffees kind of get blended together and mixed into like a, a just a big like offering. Mm-hmm. But for uh, Kova, what they did is a variety separation. So they picked out like a special farmer because it was like a standout crop. Um, So they're probably not, if they're only choosing from a couple of farms or small landholders, I mean, they're probably not getting a ton of bags. Right. So that's probably extremely limited. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. This coffee is grown on one of the highest mountain ranges in Honduras. In particular, this one was grown between 1,600 and 1,500 meters above sea level. That's fucking high. That is fucking high. I'm trying to do math. Yeah, you're looking at like 5,000 feet. Oh, I guess it's not that high. Yeah, but it's not on the side of a mountain. It's like, you know. Yeah. You got to, yeah, trying to get up there and get out of there. You ever tried to hike up the side of a mountain? Yes. Fucking hard. Uh, Hike back down with 140 (laughs) pounds of coffee on your back? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) At that elevation, the coffee grows slower. The sugars mature slower. The complexity Mm. is higher. The beans are more dense. It's like, it's another level of like deliciousness when you get to very high elevation coffee, which is another reason why I'm super fucking excited about this coffee. Yeah, shall we brew some coffee? Super tasty. Not yet. <laughs> We're not ready. We're not ready yet. I'm Slow excited. Down. We still have to learn about the Chemex. Oh, God. All right. Their posted flavor notes for this coffee are red currant, brandy, and a red currant. Red I made, currant? I think yeah. it's currant, Marcus. I had a little, like, flair to that. Also, I want to know, <laughs> is it <laughs> actually pronounced tipica or is it tipica? Tapioca. In bourbon or is it bourbon? Oh, no. Bourbon... That's French. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> As I reach for my phone. You know what? I'm just going to lean into it. Red Courant. Brandy. This is just going to pronounce everything weird this episode. And it's great. Baker's Keep doing chocolate. It. Oh, well, that sounds good. You know what? You're making everything sound incredibly fancy, and I like it. I like it. I want to be high class. Yeah. And so in order to get the proper extraction we are going to brew this in the chemex 
and it's one of my favorite brew methods available. And I just wanted to do a little dive into the Chemex Coffee Company. And I got to say, I'm really fucking glad that I did because oh. the inventor of the Chemex is like Willy Wonka a little bit. <laughs> um, Does he have like an insane castle filled with short, rotund people doing a bunch of work? Kind of. Are there songs He, he has, in the Chemex factory? Can you ride on a boat through a coffee stream oh that would be cool do they have like carbonated coffee that will make me float to the ceiling we're jumping ahead a little bit i will show you the picture of the chem mobile oh there's another mobile that he invented hell yes in addition to the chemex i can't believe he invented a mobile yeah (laughs) all right i'm just gonna go ahead and tell that story right now it's a really good indication of who this guy is as a person okay i can't wait to hear it so just to give you a taste of of what willy wonka thinks about he's driving around in the 60s 1960s coffee company started wait should we call him willy chemex willy chemex (laughs) peter actually it would be peter willy chemex Peter's uh, kind of a, you know, it, that's like a little bit of a magical name, like Peter Pan. His his real name is Dr. Peter He's a doctor too. Wait, what? Wait, what? He's a German immigrant. <laughs> Schlumbaum? Yeah. I love, I love that name. So we're going to jump ahead to Wait, the 60s. The, coffee, the Chemex Dr. Coffee Company. Peter Pan Chemex Wonka Schlumbaum. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> He sent a letter in 1961 to the president of GM because he was driving around downtown Manhattan in his Cadillac Coupe de Ville, and it was too big and luxurious, and he hated it. It was, like, inconveniently large in Manhattan. (laughs) And so um, he sent a note. Was he already, like, a rich and famous person by this time? Because, like, could you imagine just, like, some normal guy off the street writing to GM? Yeah. Excuse me. Big time. He sent this letter to the the president and said, I'm an embarrassed owner of GM's best car. And he submitted this letter along with a brochure for a patented, what he called the Chemmobile. <laughs> and I saw the picture of it. And it's like on the little pamphlet, it says, the chemist's way of designing a car. And then sent that letter to him. I don't think it got designed, though. <laughs> um, was it sh- like shaped like a Chemex? So I'm going to have to show you this picture. Hold on. Okay, so I'm gathering that this guy, we're going to post this picture to our Instagram, too. Um, I'm gathering that this guy is a chemist. So now we're going to go back. Is that back. why this looks like a piece of <laughs> chemistry equipment? It is. Yes. So I'm smart. Yeah. I love so. it when I like win the guessing game. Since you love car stuff. Look I at the chemobiles. I love the funny little cars. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, this is really weird and cute. And I would drive this around Manhattan. All right, you gotta yeah. describe it to us. It's like a rectangle with an oval on top. What? I don't know if I don't. You describe it. I can't. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. So the bottom looks kind of like like a digital camera, like a small digital camera from 2005. And somebody stuck a couple of wheels into the sides of it. And then, like, on top... He basically invented the smart car. It's definitely not a smart car. (laughs) The top almost looks like... Like, if you were to have, like, a jewelry box that were oval-shaped, and it's flat on the top and flat on the bottom, but it has those rounded sides. It looks a little golf cartish to me because it's like a roof... And then it's open all the way around. Yeah, definitely. That's a good vibe. Yeah. It says the chemist's way of designing an automobile. <laughs> I'm trying to understand, like, 
what makes this specific to a chemist? Like when I look at this, this does not scream chemist to me. So in order to understand this, I think we have to understand Dr. Schlombaum and his origins. Tell us all about Dr. Schlombaum. 1941, New York. New York. Okay. So he's not in Germany while all this shit's going down in his home country. He is an immigrant. World War II is just about to pop off. He's doing his thing. But he's gratefully out of Germany in 1941, I'm sure. Yes. Okay. And he had an idea that it takes a thousand inventions to make maybe a dozen like profitable products. So one out of a hundred? Yes. And he is just like, if he sees a problem in his own life, like I'm going to design something to fix it. That's how Peter Schlumbaum works. And he was dissatisfied with the current brewing methods available at the time in 1941. So he was like a businessman, not some guy working in a lab somewhere. He was like a serial inventor, it sounds like. Yeah. And then he just worked with... Do you know some of the other things he invented? I do, and it's so good. (laughs) Okay. So he wanted to design this like brewing system. And so he partnered with a little company called Corning, which Hmm. you may have heard of. They make the Pyrex Never heard dishes, of them. borosilicate, mm-hmm. lab gear. Uh-huh. And so he Oh, loved, yeah, lab gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he loved the design of the Erlenmeyer flask, mm-hmm. which is like traditional lab flask shape. It looks like the bottom of a Chemex. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so he worked with Corning to design this conical shape that we all know and love. His idea was that if you brew coffee like in this cone, it it gives it more time to extract. Mm. And then he also designed the filters too. So it was like a brewing, the first ever like real brewing system that you had like the conical shape and these special filters that were thicker than normal at the time. And I would like to say that the Melita company actually invented the pour over like the 1920s. That's true. So he did not invent the conical shape. Well, if you look at the Melita. Uh-huh. Melita still has a flat bottom. Okay, on the bottom. so that's what you're talking about, the difference there. Yeah. Like you're talking about like a full cone. A full okay, on like cone. to a point. Yeah. Okay. Not just yeah, okay, I get it now. Yeah. And he felt like this full on point, not flat bottomed, like improved the way that coffee brewed. Okay. And whether it's true or not, like he was, he, he took his knowledge of like organic chemistry extraction and like applied it to this design. And he took it a step further. He actually like took ground coffee and analyzed all of the components that like the chemical composition of what's in ground coffee. He proclaimed that there are only two desirable elements that one should have in their cup of coffee after brewing. This is so crazy that he did like a chemical analysis of coffee. Back in like the 40s. I think it's really fun that he did that though. He said there's only two good things that you get out of coffee. Aromatic coffee oils and caffeine. That's it. Huh. Okay. I'll buy that. I mean, (laughs) yeah, that's definitely a thing. I think that specialty coffee nowadays has evolved to think of other things, but... Yeah. To, to say other things are more important, but this is interesting to hear this 1940s perspective on it. And I love this guy because he's like, I see his brewing system and like even on the marketing materials back in the 40s, he quoted himself uh, on, on the material <laughs> saying, the importance of filtration cannot be exaggerated. Like it is like crucial to brewing this coffee correctly. Mm-hmm. And if so it's look- like he's selling like the idea of not just the brewer and how beautiful it is, 
but then he's also like this consumable component of the filters. Like you have to get these special filters. Like it's better than normal coffee. Well, and the interesting thing about that too is like their filters are thicker than most other coffee filters. Yeah. And his theory was he made these thicker to filter out the quote unquote like undesirable hmm. organic compounds. What did he consider to be the undesirables? Everything that wasn't an aromatic coffee oil or caffeine. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I do know that the, um, the flip side to a Chemex, the argument against one is that it filters out too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in Kova, uh, at their shop, they used a metal filter. They actually didn't use the for that same reason. Like they wanted to extract more uh, organic solubles. So does Quebec make a metal cone? Mm -mm. So that's like an aftermarket or like a different company or whatever. Able Coffee Brewer. Okay. Systems, yeah. So Hmm. that's that's what they used. Interesting, yeah. And that's what I brought today too. You grabbed a metal filter, filter, yeah. Cool. So 1942 rolls around and he's got his design and he gives a free coffee brewing system to a buyer at Macy's. And Macy's was like, we love this. We're going to sell it and they're going to advertise it. So they placed an order for 500 coffee brewing systems, really kickstarted and launched his business. And him and his first employee, Mary Foley, assembled these in his apartment in Manhattan. Oh my God. (laughs) Wow. That's pretty awesome. And for like a long time, like they didn't have an office. He just like assembled all the products in his apartment in Manhattan. Like nobody, nobody was the wiser. In a 300 square foot apartment. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right. (laughs) Imagine all those boxes you had in the warehouse times two. Literally just thinking that. (laughs) Where did they put them all? Do you remember when we moved into this house and the people we bought the house from they were very sweet. They left a bottle of champagne and Aww. two champagne flutes in the fridge, and they also left an old antique Chemex. Really? Uh-huh. I should see. I'll get it out. I'll go find it so cool. we can post a picture of that to our Instagram, or I can find the picture I took of Marcus holding it like seven years ago. But they had found out that we were involved in coffee, oh. the buyer or the sellers. That's so cool. Isn't that cool? I wonder if it was from 1940. What if it was one of the OG from Macy's? It could be. Yeah, yeah, we should look it up. Look up what it looked like. The one we have, I think, has cork on it, though. And a lot of his design elements like included cork. And then he worked with two major manufacturers. He worked with Corning and then Alcoa for all the like other inventions that used aluminum. Um, and Alcoa is like a big giant fucking conglomerate i feel like i've heard of them before or maybe seen like a truck bearing their name or a train bearing their name not a great company for the environment Let's Ooh, just say that. okay well we should do a bonus episode yeah <laughs> a lot do they of have anything to do with like really fucking hate alcoa mm. and they don't they they're like the major producer of aluminum mm. yeah okay there's probably nothing there then unless they yeah. make like a coffee filter so this is all happening by the way like world war ii is fucking raging by the way, everything was going to the war effort. Somehow, Dr. Schlumba convinced the military or somebody to like give him a priority ranking of like A5. So Corning was still allowed to manufacture his coffee brewers. <laughs> He's like, I want this and I'm going to go find the fucking person to convince to give it to me. He's, I mean, he, he wrote, gave no fucks. Yeah, yeah, he gave no fucks. He's yeah. like, I'm going to go get it. And yeah. look at him. He's successful. Mm-hmm. Coffee the- is more important than fighting the Nazis. It's one uh, step more important. Yeah. <laughs> it was like everything revolved around solving problems in his own life. He ran into a problem and then he would just like create things for it. So he made an iceless bottle chiller. That was one of his inventions. Oh, 
Right. Oh, um, I can um, see that. I mean, I think they people still use devices like that nowadays. Yeah. I certainly do. Yeah. He made a frying pan that never needed to be cleaned. Oh like, my god. Talk about fucking Willy Wonka. He I was need like, one. yeah. I'm trying to figure out how that would work, but I don't okay. know either. And then yeah, how he would made... that work? How would that work that if doesn't ever need to be cleaned? It's called cast iron. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're lazy enough, like no frying pan needs to be cleaned. Like if you try hard enough. Um, and this is my favorite. He made a combination fireless cooker, ice cream freezer, frozen food locker, foot bath, dishwasher, <laughs> air conditioner, and bachelor's chef in called what? in one called the temp pot. That's like the original instant pot times like a thousand. And I was trying to find pictures. I couldn't wait, even wait, wait. find it can in you existence. Please, like, can you please go over that again? Yeah. Foot massager? A combination. No, foot bath. Fireless cooker. Fireless I don't know what the cooker. Fuck that means. Is that like an oven? An ice cream freezer, a frozen food locker, a foot bath, dishwasher, <laughs> air conditioner, and bachelor's chef. I don't even know what a bachelor's chef is. In one. He called it the temp pot at okay. a time in the in the 40s when his his coffee maker was selling for $9. He was selling this for $150. Oh, my God. And I can't find any pictures of it in existence. I, I don't just, know. I scoured I, the internet. I couldn't find them. But um, I can't wrap my mind around the foot bath. Yeah, element. that's the thing that I'm stuck on, too. I don't. You can cook everything in it, and you can put your feet in it. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, is it, it definitely part- Seems aluminum like, and part glass somehow it sounds like it's probably some sort of a square shape you know like a cube of some sort and clearly it can warm and cool mm-hmm. and then maybe when you tip it on its side that's when you can i mean if i were to take like a little college dorm refrigerator i could fill that with water and stick my feet in oh, it that's true right anything can be a foot <laughs> <laughs> maybe he just threw that on there although i would pre- expect a proper foot bath to be bubbling right right and yeah. warming yeah. so maybe that actually if you've got oh something that can heat food maybe it has some sort of jets to blow air and heat at the <laughs> or like same a time jacket right like a like a maybe a warm bath like a water jacketed system you know that circulated with the heat maybe oh you're thinking know. of that simpsons episode i think I don't is know. that what you're thinking of when milhouse's mom was wearing like a spa suit and she was watching tv <laughs> do you guys remember that episode kind of <laughs> that was literally my favorite invention on the simpsons i've always wanted one of those my entire life since i've seen that my favorite you're reminding me of like the car- my favorite cartoon when I was a kid was like the house of the future yes yeah yes I remember those yeah that's like that's what this was it's like this belongs in the house of the future it's 1941 <laughs> um I am okay you said it was $150 names okay. for his products his other products that were not quite as successful as the chemex <laughs> um the tuba drip drip the tea maker the tuba drip drip. Yeah. Oh wait, can I just say that your multifunction um, foot bath refrigerator <laughs> in today's money would be three thousand dollars. Ooh, Amazing. is that worth it? That's yeah. an expensive foot bath. I mean, right. but 
But it's also an air conditioner. Right. That's a very reasonably priced Look, air you conditioner. you could buy all of those individually <laughs> for $3,000, but where are you going to store all those in your New York City apartment? So the more I get to know this guy, the more <laughs> okay, I think sorry, he just t- created these products just to get awareness for the Chemex. <laughs> like, just so people would talk. This guy is crazy. You know, fuck that. I'm not going to spend $3,000 on a on a foot bath, but... You know, 20 bucks on a Chemex? Sure. All right, I'll buy that. All right, so back to the tuba drop drop or whatever. <laughs> tuba drip drip. Okay. The Tempot. The Tempot. Like, that's like Why a simple name for like, pot? it does everything, but it's the Tempot. <laughs> uh, his next was the the Minchaha. The, that sounds like it. The cocktail shaker. Minchaha? The Minchaha. Was it a self-shaking cocktail shaker? No, it was just like an aluminum <laughs> cocktail shaker. This was a commercial success. The Fahrenheiter. It was a ice bucket, <laughs> like a designed ice bucket, it kept ice cooler longer or something like that. But the Fahrenheiter. The Fahrenheiter. That makes me think hot. It does make me think <laughs> hot. Yeah. 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 Well, they should have called the Celsiuser. <laughs> so Celsius is colder to you than Fahrenheit, yeah, even though I they're both know. units of measurement. Well, you know what? I think it's because Celsius tends to be a little lower than Fahrenheit. Okay. So Fahrenheit, you know, sure. 212 degrees is really hot. But 100 degrees doesn't sound that hot. Well, I saw an auction online as I was looking for the Fahrenheiter and a Minchaha set. Uh, and they're really cool. They're oh, like they're, that you can buy it as a set? $3,800. Holy fuck. Yeah. Hey. And they're just like historical pieces at this point. I'm just going to go buy one of the other ones yeah. for $3,000. Um, 1943 rolls around. And the MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art in, in New York, decides to put out a little show. Um, and they're looking for useful objects collections. And so he submits, like, all of his shit to... <laughs> awesome. To, he has, like, 200 submissions of random-ass crazy <laughs> items. Yeah. And that make no sense. The Chemex and the Chemex, like, water boiler that the, he created, which is totally impractical, but, like, looks really nice. Uh-huh. Um, kind of like that fellow's tea kettle we have? Um, kind of, yeah. Um, but this... Oh, yeah, that fellow's fucking tea kettle, man. Like, I wish that thing worked better. <sighs> Anyways, the the Chemex gets in as like a beautiful, elegant, simple design. Totally, I could see that. For sure. And he his design philosophy was like minimalism, simple, like we'll make it beautiful. And he's quoted as the guy that said like a table should be a table, a chair should be a chair, a bed must be a bed, and a coffee maker must make coffee. And... I then applied my, this is him talking in, in, in an interview with the Museum of Modern Art. I applied my knowledge of physics and chemistry in order to invent the Chemex. So. And what he thinks is the ideal coffee maker. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he's just like kind of a marketing, very clever guy. In the 50s, he had designed this car and then he, oh, I said it was the 60s, but yeah, I guess it was the 50s that he designed this car driving around town, hated his fucking big monstrosity. <laughs> I mean, this guy's an eccentric for sure. And he was just like aware of like public perception. So he would give his coffee makers away to like cartoonists and other popular mm. forms of media to have like the chemics show up in a cartoon somewhere. Or he was giving it to movie producers and like James Bond when he was in Russia, ah. like from Russia with love, he was brewing coffee on a Chemex. Oh, wow. With an American coffee maker. Ooh, smart. Yeah. So he gave his coffee brewing system to like presidents and 
and President Johnson and Hoover or whatever, like, or no, uh, Truman rather, were like the brewing coffee at the White House, like with his brewing system. So he was like really smart on like who he gave his stuff to. And he just was like really good about marketing through influencers. Influencer marketing. Yeah, he was like, he was on it from the beginning before Mm -hmm. it was even a thing. Maybe he invented influencer marketing. No, I'm sorry. They did that back in France with uh, the the Vine or whatever. Uh, the Coke Vin wine. Mariani. Oh, Vin Mariani, yeah. Mm-hmm. They did that. So I guess they've been doing it a while. But are you saying that we need to start like sending bags of yes. modest coffee in the mail to people? Yeah. Movie just, producers. Yeah. Presidents. And Presidents. he would do it just in the hopes that they liked it and would talk about it. He didn't do it like... He would just send it like unsolicited. So do people even have addresses? We should. Yeah, that's a good idea. Just fucking drop mystery packages in the mail to people. Right. I can imagine I us dropping it. a mystery package. Just write the White House and put a bunch of stamps on it. <laughs> <laughs> Joe at the White House. Actually, <laughs> fucking Secret Service knocking on door. No, um, we Rosemary's wouldn't. Baby, the Chemex. Was in Rosemary's Ooh. Baby. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Showed up there. That's like the only horror movie that I like. Mm. Um, my favorite part, this is right before he died, 1961. When did he die? 1962. Oh, mm. man. Yeah, he was 66 years old. Oh, that's not old enough. Um, he, he had so many more inventions inside <laughs> of him. He was the first, he created and invented a giant batch brewer. So he was convinced that, um, and, and this is, I, I quote, um, he claimed that most restaurants sold quote unquote dish water <laughs> as coffee <laughs> because most people had never had a quote unquote proper cup of coffee, crop, cup of brewed coffee his way. So he invented a giant glass batch brewer oh. that made 32 <laughs> cups of coffee. So um, a giant Chemex. A giant. No, it was like. It was like a glass <laughs> hopper. I'm like picturing three people trying to like pour the coffee out. Yeah. And it, it was like it was it was like a glass hopper, huge like fucking like like tablecloth filter, you know, oh like God. giant that and, and it all like brewed into a container that then had a little tiny dribble like spout on it. Oh, like that he a could spigot? Yes, yeah, spigot. Okay. That he could fill then cups off of or pull cups off of it. How um, did he keep it warm? So it had a little burner. Underneath it, like like again, like it looked a like a piece of burner? lab equipment, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> and um, but he signed, he sold this only this hardware only with a licensing agreement that you, if you were a restaurant person, wanted to buy the hardware, you could only brew. You had agreed that you would not brew more than thirty-two cups at a time. It had like a licensing manual <laughs> that, like, if you s- tried to brew it improperly, like you could he could revoke your use of the hardware. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He invented DRM, basically. What's DRM? Digital rights management. Oh. Never mind. Never mind. Everybody hates DRM. I feel like just, he has like so many hates. rules. Did he just go around annoying people Look, everywhere? all of my tech nerds out there listening are like, fuck yeah, he said DRM. <laughs> Trust me, they're loving it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think that there's got to be other things that get tech nerds off than the words... Letters, DRM. API. They definitely get off on API. Trust me. They're fucking <laughs> loving this too. Again, I see your eyes glazing That over. silence again is me just blinking at Marcus. Trust <laughs> me. You just, just trust me on this one. They're loving it. So That's just like where like the internet comes from, right? Yes. 
<laughs> and <laughs> um, 1962, he died. But what's really fucking awesome is that he left the entire company to his first employee. I thought was, you were going to say like Mary his Foley. cat or something. Aww, no. Employee of the Aww. month, Mary Foley. Employee of the month, the Fairy, Mary Foley, who was Aww. there, the only employee that helped him fulfill his first 500 orders. She was so the vice sweet. president at the time. Aww. He left it to her. Aww. And then she hung on to it for a few years and then she sold it to a private company, like a private family business. So it's like still a family business now. It's still run by the same people. Um, but... Yeah, she ran for a few years on her own, and then she exited. And in his eulogy, Ralph Kaplan, the noted, apparently, the noted design author, oh, um, described okay. Peter uh, Pan Schlumbaugh <laughs> as a synthesis of logic and madness. I that was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I love yes. that. Really cool. He's like a modern day fucking Willy Wonka. I like, love him. For sure. Yeah. I love hun- him. Yeah. yeah. He's 100% eccentric. Yeah. Definitely the modern day Willy Wonka. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Wow. Who would have guessed? I want to find pictures of him. I bet he wore funny clothes. You know, he just looked like any other New York businessman. Okay. Like very polished, hair slicked back. He just seemed like used car salesman y a little bit. Huh. Our friend Kevin Sinat um, told me about the Chemex. He's like, they don't make money on the first one that they sell you. It's the third and fourth one that you buy because you keep fucking breaking them. <laughs> That's, That's true. where they make their money. That's pretty funny. So this is, oh, here's what he looks like. This guy's so funny. Wow. What an interesting guy. He looks a little bit like the guy from the Honeymooners. Yeah, yeah he does. Right. right. For sure. Wow. I'm glad you guys got that reference. <laughs> Straight to the moon. <laughs> I didn't grow up with cable, so I watched a lot of reruns mm. from like the previous eras. Yes. A lot of I Dream of Jeannie, mm. Honeymooners, mm-hmm. Three Stooges. Three Stooges. The one, what's the one with Archie Bunker? All you, in the Family. Oh, All in the Family. Yeah, all those shows. Awesome. That's, that's, that was my childhood. Channel 50. Yes, we yes. didn't cable either. That was my childhood too. That's what I got for you guys today. Shall we brew some coffee? Yes, we wait, shall. I that was, st- wait, no. We Steph shouldn't. wanted to say it today. Can we? Please brew some coffee right now. Yes. (laughs) Modest Coffee roasts the highest quality single origin coffees without the snobbery. They take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers based on cupping score, price, flavor notes, and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip pip cheerio! All right. Well, we're back. Before we do the olfactory reveal, I went and found our Chemex that I just talked about. Um, and this is, it definitely has a way different feel. Like the glass is thicker. It definitely feels more durable than a modern day Chemex. On the side, in the glass, it is stamped Chemex patent 2241368. So that's cool. Like it's actually stamped. And on the other side, it's printed Pyrex brand glassware made in the USA for the Chemex Corp in New York. It looks the same, but it has like a totally different durable sturdy like things used to be feel to that <laughs> there's a picture of him in with it like a promotional photo with a bunch of like his other three chemexes or something so i think this is one of his original Must be. designs i want to know 
what year this is from. Yeah. Could it be from the 40s? We should look into it. Yeah, I'm totally going to look this up. Hopefully we can have a clarification next episode on it. So that's really cool. Like, I have a way different connection to this gift from our previous owners. <laughs> really after cool. hearing this What if that was tale. one of the first 500 that was assembled in his apartment? I mean, that would be pretty cool. We should have an episode where we just brew coffee in all of your different basement coffee yeah. systems. So that's, see what works. that was my idea. Is I'm like, let's do a nerd episode, and then we'll pick a different brewing method. Because I want to do an episode on the AeroPress so bad. Cool. Like, that's going to be really good. I've never used an AeroPress. It's really good. And the story I know is really it's fucking it's 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 good too. I use the AeroPress yeah. almost exclusively at work. Yeah. Huh. So we'll save that for another day. But for now we have an olfactory review. All right. Cova Honduras. What's it? Las Capucas? Yes. Las Capucas. This is the version of the Cova coffee that we have. Mm-hmm. And we will link to their website in our show notes. Yeah, and I tried this coffee on oh. espresso and it was like absolutely delicious. It smells fantastic. Is this a it's a light roast, I presume? It doesn't like lighter side of medium. It doesn't look terribly light. It smells great. Yeah. On their website they say that they roast everything to a medium. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Their coffee's either for drip or for espresso. Oh, that's interesting. They yeah. roast them yeah. for drip or for espresso. Do you yeah. know what this huh. one is roasted for? Yeah. The red bags are maybe for drip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, because that's what we're brewing with. Yeah. I remember, actually vaguely remember them asking me when I bought the beans, like, what was I going to be doing it for? That's interesting that they will take the same bean and roast it two different ways. Yeah. So he claimed that the espresso, they wanted to knock back the acidity. They felt like... Some coffees were, the acidity was too high and too concentrated. So they wanted to like roast, especially for espresso. Hmm. And I mean, that makes everything a lot that of wasn't sense. espresso, they were like, it, you're diluting it. So it's okay to, to have more acidic mm-hmm. drip coffee. Yeah, that makes sense. Coffee smells good. Coffee smells great. It, sounds, it smells really good. Yeah. Got some sweetness to it, some fruitiness to it. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. <sighs> so we're going to try the coffee black. And that's probably all we'll have to do. In order to give it a not bad review, I'm predicting that we won't need cream and sugar and we won't need whiskey and whipped cream. And I'd like to request a really shitty coffee for next week because I feel like I haven't had whiskey in oh. weeks. <laughs> right? Uh, spicy taco coffee? Did you have whiskey? Oh, you know, Marcus added whiskey. I didn't oh, eat it. Oh, that's right. I you liked it right yeah, out of the You, like, you like finished it while it was still hot and black. <laughs> I still don't even... <sighs> I mean, I'm not here to judge. No bad reviews for you, Steph. <laughs> so interesting thing on the little little belly button, as it's called. on the. It's actually called a belly button? That's what it's known colloquially. Yes. Okay. The belly button indicates that it is 50% of the usable volume is full. Oh, interesting. Yes. That's a halfway mark. Oh, mm. interesting. The coffee looks a little dark. Yeah, it is darker than I expected. And you said this is a light roast? No, it's a medium. They say on their website everything is a medium roast. Oh, they just roast mediums, eh? That's what they say. That's hmm. really interesting to that me. That is interesting yeah. to me, too. Now, do you think that that, as a professional coffee roaster yourself, do you think that roasting every coffee to a medium is like a strategy? In my opinion, I think the way that that's presented online is to kind of take that question out of it. Like, don't get so hung up on light, medium, dark, and just, like, focus on the flavor. Interesting. 
I can see I can see the reasoning behind it. He's probably roasting some lighter, some darker, but they're all kind of medium. There's no official definition of what is a light roast, what is a medium roast. It's basically whatever you want to write on the package. Correct. Right? Like your medium could be my light. Yeah. All right. Well, let's try it. Mmm. That smells so good. Yeah, this is looking good. So nice to have. Look, guess what there's not in this? Like bubbles. Lingering, <laughs> dark ass bubbles. Guess what else there's not? The wafting smell of artificial cherry flavor. Yeah. <laughs> it looks really thick. You cannot see through this coffee. And but part of that like is going to be the metal filter ah, that we used. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It almost looked a little cloudy when we were pouring mm-hmm. it. That's mm-hmm. the filter. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But it still has a lighter color to it. Yeah. It's not like, like a dark, dark, dark right, coffee. Right, right. Yeah, like Dr. Strombaum. Schlumbaum. There he is. Dr. Schlumbaum is like Long pissed. Bum. Yeah, right now. Because he's like, filtration is what matters. Uh, and we're letting too many other things go through into our pot mm-hmm. besides yeah. just coffee, oil, and caffeine. But look, this is a this is this episode is a melange yeah. of two different people and philosophies yeah and we're trying to serve all of it and i would say this is you know going back to your experience in portland that's a little bit of what we're trying to recreate here yeah exactly we're not like historically accurate um because you know what the fuck did they know in the 40s right you know that's a good point also did you see that car he designed (laughs) i mean do i need to take all my coffee brewing advice from him right that car was ridiculous. <laughs> it was not one of the 12 ideas out of the thousand that was going to be. Exactly. This coffee is so good. It smells so good. I haven't tried it yet. It mm. does smell really good. It's definitely fruity. And I can get where they're saying like the red berry, mm-hmm. like red currant flavor, like on the aromatics. I get that. I get the slightly acidic tang of that too. Like red currants have that like. Mm-hmm. Kind of puckery mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. So you city and this is is really bright. I do get a little bit of green pepper, a little bit of that kind of vegetal flavor. Not an off-putting vegetal flavor, but there's like sweet pepper sharpness mm. to it. You know what? I just took my first sip and I can see what you're saying. Because mm-hmm. green peppers have it's a little bit on the drier side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, this is good without cream, without sugar, without whipped cream. It's a great cup of coffee. I, deli- I like it. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I'm really delighted we're having this yeah. instead of like fucking Ho-Ho's coffee or whatever <laughs> the shit we've been drinking lately. Just you wait. Love it or leave it today is going to be the complete opposite of this. We have, um, I've been curious about these since we went out of town to Arizona and we were staying in a hotel. So this is the Trader Joe's instant coffee packets that also have creamer and sugar in the packet so it's an all-in-one so we're trying those for love it or leave it complete opposite of what we're drinking right now daughter space yeah right yeah maybe they have we'll have to find out i don't know product of the republic of korea Hmm. anyways we'll save that for love it or leave it that's on patreon if you want to support us and listen there we'll tell you tell you all about it tell you all about it but for now Let's just enjoy this a delicious cup of Kova coffee. I, I am not struggling to find nothing bad to say about this. It's got everything I like in a cup of coffee. It's mm-hmm. got good acidity, good body, 
good sweetness, and it's interesting. It's kind it's complex. It's fruity. It's flavorful. It's it's just delightful, in my opinion. I'm gonna add a little oatly just to see. Like a tiny bit of sourness mm -hmm. is what I pick up most because that's generally what I steer clear of in my coffees. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but it's not too much at all. It is. There is a lot going on. I just find it to be really smooth and very drinkable. I feel like I could just gulp this down mm -hmm. and enjoy every gulp. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's really tasty. It's really um, thick in a good way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a really good body. I think Honduras is one of those regions that is like undervalued and underappreciated, but it's got all of the elements to be like a world leader in, in coffee. And I mm -hmm. really am glad what Cove is doing here because they get to highlight this really fruity, bright coffee that you wouldn't really think of. Like this tastes like an African coffee. It could easily come out of something like Kenya or or Ethiopia, but to get it from a central, you know, central South American coffee, that's uncommon. Mm-hmm. So that's good too. It is. It's really delicious, even though it's not like my typical flavor profile that I'm going for. It's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Are you just trying to add whiskey? No. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that bottle of whiskey hasn't even been opened and it's been sitting on the table for like a month. I think it would be delicious with whiskey, but I don't think it's necessary. Yeah. Thank you for bringing me along on your Portland vacation Aww. for just a minute here. Hmm. Well, shout out to all those baristas that I met, and they're really, really nice and hooked me. I think this they gave us. They just gave me this coffee. For they free. did, yeah, yeah. So they said it's because it was a week old. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it's a week old. They don't sell it. They won't sell it. It's off the shelves. Well, actually, you would not mail. Coffee. Oh, God, no, I wouldn't. It's a no. week old. The oldest I'll send out coffee is like a day or two. Yeah, we typically drink. <laughs> like, that's the coffee we drink in our house. <laughs> it's like the old coffee. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, this was great. Thanks, Kova, for making an awesome coffee. And what a great story about the inventor of the Chemex. What a fun, interesting guy. Yeah. I think Willy Wonka is the perfect way to describe him, for sure. I bet he did have a coffee river inside his factory. In his apartment in Manhattan. Yeah. Uh -huh. He just filled his bathtub up with a bunch of coffee and sat in a little boat. Like a little like uh, like a little blow up inner tube that you'd get was, at the dollar store. But made of glass. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or cork maybe. Maybe yeah. cork. Yeah. Or and aluminum. he just and he just floated around in his bathtub full of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, thank you everybody for listening. We hope you enjoyed this coffee nerd episode. Mm. It was really fun for us. Really interesting. Thank you, Marcus. Yeah. Good job, Marcus. Mm -hmm. that, was that was great. Good. Thank you for letting me do this episode and have a good coffee. Well, we have to do like, <laughs> we have to do a good one every so often because it's not, I don't want to so just learn about, I don't want to just learn about evil corporations, you know? Right. I want to learn about good stuff too. And people that are doing good in the coffee world. Yeah. Oh. Um, too. I'm so glad. It only took us 16 episodes to get here. <laughs> oh, stop. We did Blue Mountain, too. Blue Mountain was like... That was really fun, good. too. Yeah. That I was really a enjoyed fun that, too. episode in, in the way that we do it, but it wasn't like super like specialty coffee. Like It's just like old world history. This is like, you know, upper echelon, like specialty coffee. Mm -hmm. That's a part of our world. Well, that this is. I really like sharing with this podcast. This isn't the end. Yeah, this isn't the last. Yeah, for episodes. sure. Yeah. There's so many brewing methods I want to learn more about too, and there's a lot of really great coffee roasters that I'd love to try. Fuck yeah! 
Maybe know. we should just change our whole format here and Marcus should do all the episodes. Yeah. And we should only drink good coffee. <laughs> Are you guys taking my podcast from me? No. <laughs> no, I'm just giving all the work to Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> if I get rewarded with good coffee, I might consider it. This is it. now the Marcus show. Yeah. <laughs> and me and Steph are just his fangirls. Just drink the good coffee. Oh, God, I might have to do the editing then if he's doing all that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, no. Is that we'll, our episode? We'll be back to bad coffee next week. Yeah. No, Woo-hoo! not bad. Questionable. <laughs> yeah. Actually, next week is, I don't know if it's going to be good or bad, but it's definitely questionable next yeah, week's coffee. Yeah. So tune in next week for very perplexing. <laughs> and I don't even know how we'll to describe it. We'll give you a hint. It. It, was, it, it came to us on ice. Ooh. So that's our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us at No Bad Reviews Pod. If you want to give us money, you can go to patreon.com slash nobadreviewspod and also buymeacoffee.com slash nobadreviewspod. And um, if you want to support us in bright green, you can find merch in our merch store. Get that drip, baby. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, one thing I think was really fun from last episode is if you have a fun coffee story, email us at hello at nobadreviewspodcast.com. I thought it was so great listening to somebody's personal story, and I would love to hear more of them. So send us an email. I think that's it, right? Yeah. We'll see you next week. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy.